Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, it's Wednesday the 20th of September. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I'm primed for another expose. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we grapple with a big pile of papers like we're WWE wrestlers. Gasp as we grab the Guardian, scream as we sandbag the star, and turn away when we try to tickle the telegraph. <laughs> Watch us take all the paper's good bits and transform them into daft entertainment all in half an hour. And like our beloved papers, we have some news for you. From next Monday, the 25th of September, by popular demand, we will be out every weekday morning. <laughs> Thanks, Finn. <laughs> so you can get your pithy insights and silly jokes about the UK press every single day from Monday to Friday. Weekends off for good behaviour. Our next episode is on Friday the 22nd and then it's five days a week from Monday. So hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app and of course you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Off-brand, Russell Brand's media appearances are being taken down from streaming services and sponsors removed from his online shows. Net zero, mm. Rishi Sunak has changed his mind about the government's eco-friendly policies and... I named this child Randy Flimflam. Silly kids' names that didn't pass the registry test. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're never on speed dial because we have mobile phones. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is writer and opinion haver for hire, John Ellidge. Hello, John. Hello. I'll say anything you want if you pay my appearance fee. Of course. And also with us is comedian and joke maker for clicks, Finn Taylor. God, that was horrible. <laughs> Hi, Finn. Never say that again. <laughs> so what have we got on the front pages today? John, what do you have? So uh, the Times has gone with Sunak set for retreat on climate promises. Uh, the Guardian uh, leading with the same story. Tory dismay as PM seeks to soften net zero pledges. Slightly different tone in the Daily Mail, which is finally common sense on net zero. <laughs> Yeah, different angles, right? Mm. Uh, Finn, what do you have? The Eye uh, has Starmer set to reject EU's new master plan. Ooh. The Metro, toxic brand, uh, more on the Russell Brand story. And then the Star. Um, how long have you got? It's quite a long one. Um, it's a picture of Gillian Keegan with a whiteboard saying, I must not be a moron, repeated several times. The honest-to-God actual education secretary says kids love going to school in porter cabins. Yes, really. It's quite a long one. Also, I like the fact that it's not actually a whiteboard, which is what the modern, like the modern classrooms. It's an old blackboard, as though it's like 1950s.
Now, Russell Brand is still all over the papers with the Metro's headline, Toxic Brand, summing up the tone of much of what is being reported. Since the weekend, when the Times and the Sunday Times ran an investigation where four women accused Brand of crimes including rape and sexual and emotional abuse, the comedian-turned-online conspiracy ranter has gone to ground. Before that, he released a video in which he strongly denies all the women's claims and says his relationships have always been consensual. So, John, since Sunday and Monday, when the Times and the Sunday Times published their investigations, what have been the developments? There have been quite a few, it must be said, which is quite good because we were we were talking about this, uh, 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 frankly, fascinating length on Monday about how, how the papers would need to try and keep this story a very legally difficult story going. Um, and uh, the Metro, again, has a very nice roundup of everything that's happened, which is, you know, that's quite useful if you're looking for a way of writing about a continuing story to just kind of list developments. Yeah. So that's what we're, we're going to do right now. Um, so uh, the Met has apparently received a report of an alleged sexual assault in London in 2003. Uh, more women have come forward to the Times uh, with allegations. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the media, both the BBC and Channel 4 uh, are, are undertaking internal investigations. And there's a certain amount of self-censorship going on. They've removed uh, programmes featuring brand from their, their streaming services. Uh, the BBC is also investigating uh, his radio show to see if Every incident of inappropriate behaviour was dealt with at the time. Uh, and Director General Tim Davey has spoken to all staff saying that the shows were completely inappropriate and wouldn't be run today. This one was unexpected. The, the BBC is also investigating to see if Brand used the BBC's official taxi firm to ferry a 16-year-old from school straight to his flat. Yeah. Um, apparently, I've never even heard of Rumble. Do we know about Rumble? It's another video platform uh, full of full of people with, um, let's be honest, the worst political views in the world. Um, I'm big on Rumble. I'm Finn. I'm big on I'm Rumble. Finn, are yeah. you big on Rumble? It's me and the Tates. Ah, okay. <laughs> Would you like to explain Rumble? Uh, no, I just for clarity, I'm not on Rumble. I believe I believe it's like a sort of mad, mad YouTube. Yes, it is. I mean, it's basically it's a site that was kind of founded by this massively rich Canadian who's called Chris Pavlovsky in 2013. And what he wanted was an alternative for smaller kind of indie creators that he thought was being ignored by the mainstream, whether that mainstream is, you know, Twitter or YouTube. Um, it's got a lot of visits, although it says it's 533 million visits between June and September, which I actually thought wasn't that many if you compare it to YouTube, but it's obviously millions. And there's like the people who are on it, like Rudy Giuliani, Andrew Tate, or its video bloggers, also Donald Trump, Alex Jones, and Russell Brand signed this deal with Rumble a year ago to broadcast daily episodes of his Stay Free show. And he's now the fifth most popular contributor, just below Donald Trump, Andrew Tate, and Alex Jones. It's like a they're, they're free speech in absolute terms mm. so that so supposedly it's like a quote-unquote safe space which is bollocks isn't it yes. i mean like the idea of absolute free speech sorry i'm not going to get sucked into this because i will just ramp for the rest of the show but the <laughs> idea of absolute free speech is complete nonsense which you can tell if you just ever you know say anything libelous about one of the free speech advocates and it yeah. turns out they don't believe in absolute yeah. free speech after all who knew yeah exactly there's i also have to say that there's some guy called and i did check his name dan bong bongino <laughs> Sorry, he's a former Fox News presenter and he's a huge financial backer of Rumble. He has a daily show on there with 2.9 million viewers and he's urged all his Twitter followers to follow Brand on Rumble. So it's like it's a continuation of what we discussed on Monday where there's a lot of people who are the free speech believers who want to support Brand in this situation and urge people to follow him. Um, Finn, what is the mood in the comedy world? 
I think it's kind of shifted to to sort of unease now because as the story, you know, quite rightly, I think they focused on the women, but as the story lingers on and it becomes more about uh, how this was repressed for so long, I think a lot of comics are sort of seeing how the chips land because, you know, there's two options here. Either it becomes criminal and he's arrested or, or he becomes slightly more of a pariah than he's already made himself. And I think it's going to be very hard for the industry to have the sort of reckoning that it maybe it needs if it's, if it's not becoming criminal. Because comics, you know, are, are, are sad, lonely drunks with a whole host of undiagnosed special educational needs. And they are going up against millionaires with millionaire lawyers. And so I think, I think yeah, I think there's a sort of deep sense of unease about um, how the industry could potentially clean house or not, depending on what happens with the case. And also, I suppose, perhaps comedians are worried about the fact that within a, a room, a mm. room including an audience, they can say something that, if you take it out of context, is appalling. Always, you know, that's what? The, that's that's the deal with comics, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, in the Telegraph and the Guardian Online, there is a report about an Australian ABC journalist. The ABC is a bit like the BBC, who decided to see if there are any names that you can't call your child. <laughs> Her experiment went a little bit wrong. Finn, what happened here? She decided to name her child Methamphetamine Rules. <laughs> was Rules the middle name? Or was double Barrels, sure. Double Barrels. Sarah but, James. Sorry, Sarah Jane, Methamphetamine <laughs> Rules. Yeah. Um, the child apparently had piercing blue eyes. Anyway, um, much to her dismay, uh, it turns out that that was a perfectly fine thing to call a child in the eyes of the Australian Registry Courts. And so she now has a child called Methamphetamine Rules. I don't quite know how the story's progressed from there. I mean, presumably she's going to change the child's name at some point. She will apparently change it. She did say that. But, you know, it will always have this the original birth name of, like, you know, Little Methy. So it's going to be... <laughs> Crystal. I, re I really want the, the sort of update on this story in about 15 years' time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how the kid is getting on and, and how, how he feels about having been used in this experiment. Yes, well, yeah. Is it um, a girl? No, it's a boy. No, it's, oh, that's a girl's name, surely. <laughs> I like, uh, the, the story, one of my favourite quotes, and it was like someone said, maybe they thought it was Greek. It's quite long and complicated, you know. Um, well, I have to say, I mean, the silly names are always considered for your child. And you can overhear certain, you know, certain situations where people are going to name their child something. I once was in literally Brixton Tesco's and with my husband and the girl at the checkout uh, counter was discussing names that her, her mate was considering for her child. And she went, well, he's considering Horatio or maybe Fellatio. <laughs> and we were like... We just have to say something. Yeah, we have yeah, to say something. Yeah. And so we kind of said, uh, <clears throat> do you know what this is? Do you know what this means? And she was really shocked. But it might be like a Brooklyn Beckham thing about how they were... Um, how it was conceived. Yeah. What mistake when moved yeah. from fellatio onwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And also, I do know of a child that was um, named in 1970s Northern Ireland, Lasagna, because they've been to Italy and they thought it was really nice there. <laughs> It's better than garlic bread. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, so in the UK, I've been looking this up. In the UK, there we're pretty liberal about our names. You can actually name your kid pretty much anything, as long as it's a sequence of letters. So not all numbers, not in a. Kind you can't of... do the Prince thing. No, and you can't do the Elon Musk thing really. I don't think because he has a lot of 
numbers in their names. Um, although there was a woman in Wales who tried to call her twins Preacher, that was okay, and Cyanide. <laughs> and that was not. Who's the favourite? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's lots of things you can't do. In Sweden, you can't call your kid Metallica. In France, you can't call your kid Nutella. <laughs> in Germany, it's no to stone and peppermint. Yeah. yeah. And in uh, 2014, Saudi Arabia banned a mum from calling her kid Linda, which I think is fair enough. <laughs> Namaskaram. My name is Nayad. I'm a tour leader with Explore. Come, follow me for a breakfast. You will never forget. Namaste. <laughs> Because you are going to make an incredible masala dosa under the watchful eye of my mom. Each home adds their special touches. But not everyone gets to join in a traditional family meal. You will if you explore. For global adventures, search exploreworldwide.co.uk and don't just travel, explore. How's it? My name is Lassetti. I'm a tour leader with Explore. Come on, let me show you something. Oh, careful. Can you see it? Oh, trust me, it can see you. There, between the trees. It's not every day you get to see a rhino on a walk. I guess not everyone is taken to the right places, but you will be if you explore. For global adventures, search exploreworldwide.co.uk and don't just travel, explore. Now, here at Paper Cuts, we love a brilliant headline, such as Zip Me Up Before You Go-Go, about George Michael. Cut Me Up Before You Go-Pro, Jeremy Vine. Trip Me Up Before You Ho-Ho, Bad Santa. <laughs> or Rip Me Off Before You Diary of a CEO. That's podcast content copyright. Anyway, John, what have you got? Uh, so, like, a lot of the papers are very excited about one particular story, which is um, keeping up with the Hollywood tradition. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is going to be advertising uh, the crumpet firm Warburton's. Oh, well, fair enough. Uh, and they're all having a field day with this. So the Mirror's got Samuel's new role. Nice. Uh, over in the Star, it's Sam's a breadwinner. <laughs> uh, and the Sun has gone with uh, Samuel's on the breadline. Well, there's a lot, isn't there? Have you, well seen, the, have you seen the advert? No. He says, I'm so sick of these motherfucking crusts on these motherfucking... <laughs> <laughs> OK, Finn, what have you got? Um, so in the star, they've got a story about how um, a photo of Buster from Only Fools and Horses has gone round Twitter and everyone said that uh, he's completely ripped and the headline is Hunkle Albert. <laughs> he, I mean, he is absolutely... Um, then on page 15 of the star, there's a story about ghosts with Scottish accents. And the, the, and the headline is, it's ghostly jock, jock eye the woo. Nice. It's fairly obvious, that one, isn't oh, it? Five days a week we're going. And, um, <laughs> and then there's um, the story about previewing the Bayern Munich-Man United match tonight. The star's back page is Bayern for blood. Bayern for blood, but it's Bayern. Um, and the mirror goes with uh, Munchen Impossible. Obviously, Munchen Impossible. <laughs> if you're a German speaker, these are slightly triggering puns. <laughs> Buonasera. My name is Marcello. I am a tour leader with Explore. Ciao. Come, follow me. Behind this 200-year-old gate is the best view of one of Rome's finest fountains. Ah, oh, bellissima. Look at the Renaissance detail, the sunlight in the bronze. Not everyone knows about Turtle Fountain, but you will. 
if you explore. Search exploreworldwide.co.uk and don't just travel. Explore. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Now, there's a back-to-school and politics feeling in the autumnal air, and several papers have got a political story as the headline. The Times and Telegraph, The Mail and The Guardian lead with Rishi Sunak's new approach to net zero, although they unsurprisingly have different takes. The Mail is positive, The Guardian negative, and The Telegraph and Times sort of in between. John, what is Rishi's new net zero idea? So basically, he is um, just sort of rolling back on on the government's net zero commitments, which is actually a surprisingly big part of the 2019 manifesto. Um, there, there were plans to phase out certain types of boilers and the sale of petrol or diesel cars. Those are being delayed and watered down. He's also ruling out uh, new taxes to discourage flying, policies to encourage carpooling. And my personal favourite, he's also ruling out proposed recycling schemes involving multiple bins. And it's just, it gets a bit supervillain, doesn't it? It's not just like, because I mean, obviously, to some extent, this is overreading uh, the Uxbridge by election result. Really overreading it. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it is because this is just what he wants to do. It's because like Rishi Sunak clearly does not like green policies very much. I mean, this is, this is the guy who cuts uh, taxes on internal flights. When and also who hops everywhere by helicopter. And who very clearly hates trains. Like, he, like He's just got a very, not just American, a very sort of like Republican American view of the world. Um because he's got quite sort of like Remainy liberal vibes. People com- often completely miss that this guy is actually incredibly right wing. I think he's not just doing it for electoral reasons. He's doing it because this is what he wants to do, which means that you've been getting toys from from other bits of the party. You're actually quite angry about this. Like Zach Goldsmith, who was the, he was the editor of, uh, of, a, of a green magazine at one point before he became an MP, has put out a pretty withering statement about how appalling this is and you know, this is the great betrayal, that sort of stuff. But also the, uh, there was a negative quote going around from Chris Skidmore, who is the only one of the, you know, the Britannia Unchained, that's the vaguely unhinged manifesto written by, you know, Pretty Patel and Kwasi Kwarteng and Liz Truss and someone else. Uh, but he, he's the only one of those five who did not ascend to sort of the level of job where he could personally wreck the country. This is not someone who is on the left of the Tory party, and he too thinks this is mad. Rishi Sunak is really a very right-wing politician. It's also really, I mean, it does seem very short-sighted, given that quite a lot of Tory voters are, I don't know, kind of national trustee types who like the countryside. It seems really odd to me to be doing this. I don't know. Yeah, it is not a given that sort of green issues would have ended up on the left rather than the right, because there is this conservationist angle. Uh, You could could say that, you know, industry is actually kind of a left-wing thing. Um... And it sort of is sort of weird and culture worry that, you know, attacking green policies has become this kind of right wing shibboleth. Yeah. Mentally. In his defence, my dad has six bins and it is infuriating. Yeah, my mum has several. I mean, like, I think she as you get older, five. you get more and more into categorising your rubbish. <laughs> And also you get more and more exercised by it. You get really upset, don't yeah, you? Yeah. My she, mum gets really upset about washing My aunt found plastic. microplastics in tea bags and so now doesn't put tea bags in the food bin, puts them in the recycling. <laughs> Wet. Insane. <laughs> but it's hard but I think Find a hobby, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a different political story on the front page of The Mirror and the Star. And this one involves Gillian Keegan. Give Gillian a whoop. She's my she's oh, my fave. Uh, rock and roll education secretary. What's she been doing? She did say uh, in the House of Commons where people could hear her and record it for posterity <laughs> that she'd been talking to some children who were currently being taught in porter cabins and they liked their porter cabins so much they didn't want to go back to proper classrooms. <laughs> and this is her defence of the government's 13-year failure to rebuild any schools. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? If you're sitting in a porter cabin and it's literally better than your normal classroom, that's not great. I mean, it does sound a bit like, <laughs> at least in here we're not worried about the ceiling fucking collapsing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also Keir Starmer he's been doing some politicking too hasn't he well no he is desperately trying to avoid doing any politicking <laughs> oh I'm wrong <laughs> yeah no there is um, I think it's a Franco-German plan uh, for like possible future of Europe and they've come up with it, it doesn't feel that new actually so it's a Europe of concentric circles so there will be a sort of an inner ring which is, um, you know, the core countries, France, Germany, Luxembourg, Belgium and so on, uh, which is suspiciously like Charlemagne's empire from the 9th century, by the way, um, would probably be up for, for, for closer integration. Then there'll be the existing EU around that. Then there'll be a level of associate membership, which is basically Norway's single market, where Britain could plausibly fit. And then there's a wider political community beyond that. Uh, and this is being proposed as, as, you know, a way of kind of rethinking how, how Europe works. And it makes a lot of sense. It does kind of feel like, you know, Britain, we are we do need those economic relationships. We probably are going to move closer to the block again. But the moment it is said out loud, Keir Starmer has to deny he is interested in any such thing in case it costs him some votes in the Red Wall. The, th the thing is, is that no one has ever had it in the bag for so long. So I, I feel a bit sorry for Keir Starmer because he's just trying not to fuck it. Yeah. Like he's got so long... That he's almost like I'm going. Oh fuck! I'm going to fuck it at some point, because the Tories have lost the election. What a year, two years ago. So, and he's just he. You know, any big move, he's just got to stay in the in stay the stay in his lane all yeah, the time. He's just got to stay in the lane and not, you know, put anyone off for three years. But yeah. it's also it's incredibly weird the situation we've got into where like we all assume and hope that he is lying. Like different people hope he is lying about different things. But there is nobody on the sort of Labour side of politics at the moment who kind of is happy with the platform they're pushing out there. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, obviously he doesn't mean that bit. And that's a really bizarre situation to be in, isn't it? Yeah, very that, odd. That's how Labour gets elected in this country, though, isn't it? Yeah. Is that they, they can't say what they think because, you know, they just scare people. So yeah. it's how they get elected is by basically just being, you know, all that Campbell New Labour discipline makes sense when you consider what happens whenever Labour moves slightly left of that. Now, not everything in the papers is grubby or grim. If you check out the front and back sections, you're left with the important stuff, the quirky stories known as the news in brief and the fashion known as what's new in briefs. Plus, hot new trends and weird problem pages. Great. John, what have you found? Can I just point out that both of our lighter stories today are actually incredibly grim? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, completely undermining your intro from the get-go. Such is the news. <laughs> um, so, so, I've been looking at The Guardian's very long-standing past notes column in which someone writes a dialogue with themselves, which is a, a charming structure. I love it. This week, they've been talking about the phenomenon of emoji dumping, where, where you want to break it off with a long-term romantic partner with whom you share many happy memories, but you can't be bothered to type more than four characters. <laughs> so instead, you just send them a black heart and a little suitcase picture. And, and, and apparently, that, like, there's been a survey that's found like a third of people have been emoji dumped. Wow. But a lot of a significant number of those didn't get it, so it required <laughs> clarification. <laughs> 
Which is surely the worst way of dumping someone. Yeah, exactly. They don't actually know. They think they're going on a really exciting holiday. It's like, <laughs> if it's like a suitcase. If it was like, you know, dumping someone is like jokes. If you require footnotes, you've done them wrong. Yeah. But I mean, there are, I mean, you could be dumped by emoji in all sorts of different ways. I mean, you could put an emoji of like an aubergine and a sick face and then somebody might think, um, <laughs> well, you're, it's definitely over. I mean, there's ways of doing it, isn't there? I would have thought. Middle fingers. Red diagonal cross. What's so, wrong with good old-fashioned ghosting? Just stop talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. leave them on red. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to John. Thank you. And thanks to Finn. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow Paper Cuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple. And a hallelujah, they're going to be on every weekday from next week. Review. You can also follow us on X and Instagram at Papercuts Show. The links are in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when The Guardian reveals that there's a hot new podcast out called Hooked on Freddy that follows the 1990s tabloid frenzy over a court case where a Manchester man was accused of masturbating a dolphin. See you next time. Sorry, there's no free willy pun. <laughs> Miranda. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with John Elledge and Finn Taylor. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The managing editor of news was Jacob Jarvis. Production support was by Adam Wright and the producer was Liam Tate. Music and audio production was by Simon Williams and the executive producer was Martin Boytosh. 